You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. Welcome, Hoosier fans, to this week's edition of Assembly Call Radio, where each week we discuss the most important topics in the world of Indiana basketball. This is our 313th edition of Assembly Call Radio, and it is our 971st episode overall of the Assembly Call, recorded on the evening of October 19th, 2023. I am your host, Jared Morris. And let's begin this edition of the Assembly Call, how we begin every edition of the Assembly Call, and that is with our Hoosier Proud Banner Moment. And Indiana is the national champion. When it comes down, Indiana will be champion. Smart takes the shot. My fellow Hoosiers, this week's banner moment occurred on Sunday afternoon when Indiana basketball was saved, literally yanked from just above the fiery pits of hell by the basketball messiah foretold by the prophecies for generations. Indeed, this savior, blessed by each of the five stars of the heavens and divinely imbued with the body, soul, wispy blonde hair, and magically consistent wrist flick of basketball Jesus himself, revealed to the world that his mission here on earth at least for the next six months or so anyway, is to return Indiana basketball to its promised stature above and beyond even the so-called blue bloods of today. Indeed, my fellow Hoosiers, I'm here to testify that this one commitment has changed college basketball as we know it. We're now in the era of the crimson blood, and there is but one program that all others will bow down to, respect unfailingly, and never look directly in the eye. Please, let us now lower our heads in thanks that Liam, the Messiah, McNeely, has been sent to save our earthly basketball souls, one swish, one steal, and one pantomimed phone call at a time. <laughs> All right, obviously just having a little fun here, but I swear that's what some people hear when you dare to mention that even a twinge of enthusiasm that a five-star recruit is committing. And to be clear, the joke there was not about religion. It's about those people who just love their straw men arguments that equate any excitement about a recruit with that person believing the kid is somehow going to save the program, which is, of course, ludicrous, and everybody knows it. Come on, it's the off-season. There are no games to break down, no secret scrimmage nuggets or practice videos to discuss. So all we've really got to talk about right now is recruiting. In any way you want to look at it, it was pretty darn cool to see five-star Montverde senior Liam McNeely, who comes from generations of college hoops players, announce that he's taking the next step in his basketball career at IU. It's a commitment that guarantees absolutely nothing, just like all recruiting commitments before it. But it's still notable because history suggests that the more players with McNeely's recruiting profile that you convince to come to your school, the better your odds of winning, again, like Indiana used to win. But just to be clear, for the P-Dance and Pollyannas alike, there are no messiahs in basketball. There are no saviors. Heck, if you can just get a zeller once in a generation, you feel pretty good. There is, however, a lot to like about McNeely's game. Meanwhile, there are some fair questions to ponder regarding his college and potentially pro ceiling. Yet even with those questions, there remain many reasons to think he has a good chance of being a prominent rotation player, even as a freshman. 
So if the goal is to eventually hang banners again, McNeely has the kind of pedigree that has historically helped. That makes his commitment a notable one. Now, hopefully some friends join him. Everyone buys into the team concept and Indiana basketball keeps moving forward toward what we all can agree is the ultimate goal. All right, now let me introduce my co-host this week. Andy is not here yet. Hopefully, he'll be making an appearance later. He's at Hannah's soccer tournament. Uh, she is dressing varsity. Not sure if she's going to play, but Andy just texted, said the game is in double overtime. Uh, so we wish Hannah well. Hopefully, they win. But that may mean that we don't get to see Andy tonight, so we will just have to wait and see. Uh, but here with me, he is a longtime high school basketball coach in the state of Indiana, the founder of Delphi Bracketology, and a man who knows how to celebrate a victory in his rival's home gym. Shavito! That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It's the coach, Brian Tonsoni. He remembers the days when a movie cost a dollar. Heaven help you if you ever decide to pop your collar. Play hard, but remember, fake hustle is a crime. He's the coach and it's Tonsoni time. Coach, it's Tonsoni time. What's on your mind? Uh, we just, it's good news. You know, if you, if you're going to look at, uh, Liam McNeely, uh, coming as not good news, uh, then, you know, yeah, your attitude sucks. So anyway, uh, sorry if that, if that's anyone watching today, but it's a good news. You need talent in a basketball program. And when you get talent, you should celebrate it. And yes, we want to, we have to evaluate it fairly and correctly. And the true evaluation will not play out until Liam gets on the court and we see either success or failure. And then we will uh, acknowledge both of those sides. We have a track record here on our show of doing that well. So it's good news. And we're likely to get some good news again tomorrow, or at least we hope so. I'm bringing uh, the gear to school so I can uh, jump in as soon as uh, my day ends at uh, 2.25 uh, for an emergency podcast. Hoosier Hysteria is uh, tomorrow, and the best thing about it, and I know uh, my reputation is out there, and that hasn't wavered one bit, um, but for all those kids and of all ages, whether they're 7, 15, 22, Phil Samuels, 78, whatever they are, uh, going into that building to see the players even go through some shooting drills and contest is something that is, is worthwhile. So big week for uh, Indiana basketball. We're closer uh, a couple weeks out from the real thing, tipping off. Just a good time. And, and this, this old guy's very, very positive and very, very happy uh, to be talking Indiana basketball. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, Back here with us, back from his annual trip to Italy, where he spent time in the historic piazzas of Rome and Florence, putting out the vibe that he was more than willing to serve as a model for the next great sculpture of the human form. It's our favorite senior writer from the big lead, ladies and gentlemen. Analyzing players, finding every wrinkle. He hasn't ever hosted, never lifted a finger. He's got all the well, let me quickly add just one thing about this. Dude just interrupted his own jingle. Welcome back, man. I mean, I guess we did see you during the Liam show, so it's not like it's you been did. that long. But. You did briefly. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I offered my body up for a scum. They, they turned me down for some reason. I don't know. I, I've done work loss. here, guys. I would like it to be appreciated. Um, yeah, I don't, I, don't know what, I don't know what I've got this week. I've kind of been, you know, I was in another country, kind of tuned out of everything intentionally, and then I was like, oh, yeah, Liam's committing today and uh, called in. So, I mean, that's the big, that's the big news, I think, uh, of the week was a big 
big, 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 big recruiting win. And it wasn't just the level of player you're getting. It's winning that type of recruitment. And we've, we've harped on that, you know, for years now is, you know, show that you can, I think more than anything, it's that you can develop the relationship and maintain it and and recruiting. A lot of recruiting is about relationships. And when it's these short term things, you, you don't have the time to establish that kind of relationship. It's more about what can you do for me in a short period of time, this was a relationship that was built with an entire staff and they went out and they got the guy they wanted. Um, I think if uh, Boogie Fland does wind up committing to Indiana, it'll be the same thing. It'll be all about that relationship that you've built. And, and quite frankly, you've seen a, a, a school up the road that is really good at building those relationships and wins that way. Cause they're not selling facilities. They're not selling anything. They're selling relationships and coaching ability. And that's what Indiana has to get to that point where they can do that regularly. So uh, a huge positive for Indiana this week and, and hopefully some more good news to come over the next couple of weeks. Yes, yes, yes. Let's hope so. Um, all right. So this week we will go through some Hoosier headlines, obviously talk about recruiting and Hoosier hysteria. Uh, two big events happening tomorrow. And then in segment two, we are going to plant our flags. No more hemming and hawing. What do we feel confident about predicting heading into the season? And we got a bunch of good questions for the mailbags. So we will roll through as many of those as we can get to. All of that coming this week on Assembly Call Radio. But first, let's talk about our presenting sponsor. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, this edition of Assembly Call Radio, just like all shows on the Back Home Network, presented by our friends at Homefield Apparel, where they have the largest collection of vintage IU apparel that you will find anywhere. And I have to say, look, I love the t-shirts. The t-shirts are awesome. I think Homefield Apparel really shines in the winter. Coach is modeling one of the reasons why with his Homefield hoodie. They've got the crewnecks. Like, once it gets cool outside, I'm pretty much just in home field all the time. I sleep in it. I wake up and wear it. It's so comfortable. And there's so many different items with cool designs. You know, the colors last. It's high quality. You're supporting a great company. So we could go on and on with the reasons to support home field apparel. But you all know those reasons. What you may not know is they have two exciting things happening here in the next few days. First, they're launching, like, 20 new bomber jackets. So you may have your IU bomber jacket, but there may be one being launched for a friend or family member that you want to keep an eye out for Christmas, so check that. And for homecoming weekend, they have a pop-up store in Bloomington at the Graduate Hotel. It opens at 2 o'clock on Friday at 7 a.m. on Saturday. And get this, for the students who are listening, for the first hour the pop-up stores are open, you get 50% off with a valid student ID. So coach, I suggest you go forge a student ID right now. Get in there in the first hour, save yourself 50%. You know, if you just put on like a wig and wear the right clothes, they'll never know that you're not actually a student. Show them your TikTok videos, maybe. Um, but anyway, our friends at Homefield Apparel, go check them out. If you're not in Bloomington, check out the website, homefieldapparel.com. The promo code is HOME23 to get 15% off your entire first order. That's promo code HOME23 for 15% off. Again, the website, homefieldapparel.com. Wear one for the team. All right, let's jump into Hoosier headlines. Uh, Just a few housekeeping notes right off the bat. First, uh, want to refer you to Doing the Work, hosted by Jeff Marlowe and Kathy Amos, our show about Terry Morin's juggernaut of a program, the women's basketball program that can lose a Mount Rushmore player and Grace Berger and still be a preseason top 10 team. 
next year. That is where we want the men's program to get to. Obviously, uh, Jeff and Kathy have been doing a great job all offseason. Uh, and just a couple nights ago, they had Amanda Foster on, uh, who talked about Maryland and Illinois, who will be two of Indiana's uh, big, uh, obviously, challengers in the Big Ten this year. And I will also refer you to the latest episode of Crimson Cast. Uh, Galen did a long Q&A, about an hour and 15 minutes, and he opened on the women's basketball team. And I thought, really had some good thoughts on kind of what to expect from them this year. Uh, so if you want some women's basketball talk, and I assume you do, those are two great options to get it right now that should be in your podcast feeds. And then just to kind of tease some stuff, you know, we got a lot of work going on behind the scenes right now for stuff that we're either hoping to have ready by the time the season starts or soon thereafter. We've got a new podcast coming by some community members. Uh, we've got a new gathering point for the community that we're going to be inviting some people to uh, and possibly a shift in how we're delivering emails. So a lot of stuff happening. It is all to benefit you and make things better for you. Um, so stay tuned for all of that. Okay, let's talk recruiting. Coach mentioned Boogie Fland, uh, one of the three big targets for Indiana. Liam McNeely, obviously already in the bag with the commitment. Boogie Fland, and then Derek Queen, uh, who I believe has a visit to Maryland this weekend and then hopes to make a decision sometime early in November. But the spotlight shines on Boogie Fland tomorrow. He has set his announcement date and time for 2 o'clock Eastern at Archbishop Stepanak, his school in New York. Uh, I do not have any information on whether that is streaming or if he's just going to post. Ryan or Coach, if you have seen anything, let me know. Or if you have in the chat, I haven't seen anything about it. We'll obviously be keeping our eyes peeled to social media. Uh, it does seem like this one is more of an open-ended question heading into the decision than Liam's was. I think we all felt fairly confident Liam was going to go to IU. There's a lot of differing information out there depending on who you talk to right now uh, about Boogie Fland. Either way, I will have StreamYard set up, and so if he commits to Indiana, we will go live and talk about it um, right afterwards. You know, and Ryan, I'd I want to bring you in and get your thoughts on Boogie. Um, obviously we'll do a full scouting report if he comes, but just a couple notes right off the bat, you know, there's kind of a wide range in his ranking right now. Rivals has him at number 10, 24, seven dropped him to number 33, Rob Cassidy, when he was on with Alex Bozich on podcast on the brink said, he thought that was probably because Boogie struggled, you know, during a two or three week stretch this summer, um, which he really equated to just some youthful mistakes, got frustrated, I think showed some visible signs of frustration and that maybe threw up a red flag for some people. As Rob said, he kept him ranked basically where he is. He dropped him a spot or two because of his overall track record and thinking those kind of youthful indiscretions are the kinds of things that, you know, a guy gets past as he gets a little bit older, gets into a college program, that kind of thing. Um, and then Adam Finkelstein of 24-7, here's his basic scouting report on him. He says, quote, Boogie Fland is a skilled shot-making guard. He's not only one of the best tough shot makers in the class, but he's long, young for his grade, and evolving as a handler. So as you look toward his announcement tomorrow, how are you approaching it from an IU perspective? Well, just to sort of give an idea to people who don't follow the rankings that closely but know the numbers, he's kind of a low-end five-star, high-end four-star based on the rankings. Now, some people have him as a solid five-star, and then he's kind of a high-end four-star at the lowest. So he's a very good player, um, kind of across the board. Uh, yeah, it's – look, with what's leaving after this season, you – essentially have Gabe cups coming back as a ball position guard. So you need somebody, whether it's going to be boogie Fland or the transfer portal, you're going to need somebody. Now Fland is different than 
I mean, I think Jalen Huchifino was a scorer a bit last year because he had to be, but I think in an ideal world, he's a table setter more than a scorer. I think he can, he's a guy who would not be the top option if you had all your options available uh, as a scorer. Boogie Fland is a scoring guard and he's more of a combo guard than Jalen was. And, and Huchifino, I think by necessity, had to score a lot more than we expected last year in some games. And also some games he just got on fire and kept going. But if Xavier Johnson had been healthy, his role as a scorer is probably downshifted a lot. So Boogie Fland is a different type of player. He's a guy who's going to score for you. He's got some length. He is a guy who can, can play some defense. He's athletic. And as they said, I mean, you watch his, his film and I haven't done a huge deep dive yet, but I've been watching over the last couple of weeks, things pop up and, you know, he is a tough shot maker and that's something that Indiana hasn't had in a long time. I mean, a lot of guys that Indiana has had, they got to step into their shots. They got to take it off one bounce or two bounce. They, you know, it's not a, uh, an off balance falling away, kind of making shots team. It hasn't been for a while. And so I don't even know when the last time they had a guy like that was maybe Victor, I, you know, as a, as a tough shot maker, but even he had to typically step into longer shots. So, and he certainly wasn't that right away. No, no, no. It, that took him three years to become that two and a half, three years. Um, Devonte would do that, but not consistently. And I think, you know, boogie, but it's that kind of thing where sometimes he would fire an off balance three and make it. And you'd be like, you know, please don't ever take that shot again, but nice job. Uh, Boogie's a guy who makes those shots. And I think that those guys are vitally important because they are absolute backbreakers. When a defense plays very well and shuts you down, and you're still able to make, get points out of it, especially yep. a three. And, and I've talked about this one play in the national championship game from last year repeatedly. It's San Diego State came back on UConn, got it to within four, three, four, five, somewhere in there. They were playing unbelievable defense as San Diego State does. It's late in the second half. They've got all the momentum. UConn runs 30 seconds or 25 seconds off the clock. The ball comes to Jordan Hawkins. He is guarded and he's falling away backwards and chucks up a three and nails it. And it was the backbreaker. That was yeah. the game. It Killed was just you. one of those shots where you're just like, they did everything right and they still made a shot. You need guys who can do that, you know, who don't need everything to be perfect to make a shot. And so he's a guy that can really take that offense to another level, um, who can make off platform shots and at weird points yeah. of the shot clock and all that stuff. So that's what I like about Boogie Flan that I've seen. Um, he's still getting better as a ball handler. And I think that that's sort of the next step in his evolution. Um, but, he's an exciting player and will be really fun to watch if he does pick Indiana. Yeah. You know, coach in the community folks, you know, will often say, you know, back before Liam committed, okay, well, how would you rank your order of preference? To me, Liam was number one because he's a wing that we just haven't had. Who's yes. Really versatile. And then, you know, I've always looked at it as boogie being the next most important because we still project to have a guy like Malik, you know, and Peyton sparks here next season, but you're for sure losing Xavier Johnson and Gabe cups is an excellent insurance policy but you're going to need someone probably a little bit more dynamic. And so, you know, the way that I'm approaching and they could I, play together, like oh, just no doubt about they could it. easily play together. No. Yeah. No doubt about it. Um, especially with some of the practice reports about Gabe cups, really shooting it well. Um, you know, but, but the way I'm thinking about boogie is I really, really want him. And I think he would be a huge get for Indiana. There's no question about it, you know, but I do think, you know, with a recruitment like this, that does seem more up in the air than Liam, and I'm not saying this because, you know, I'm hearing certain things and thinking a certain way. To me, I still think it's more likely than not that he comes. I felt confident about it for a while, but we're going to have to see, you know, if he doesn't, there will still be portal options 
available to potentially get an experienced guard in. Now, that's obviously very uncertain. You'd rather lock a guy with this level of talent in now. Um, that's clearly the preference. But I do think having a guy like Gabe you know, kind of there as a backstop to make sure you're going to have just quality ball handling as your lead guard helps make this one, to me, just a little bit less necessary than Liam. Um, and one that if it doesn't happen, you can start exploring what some of the other options may be. But it's very clear he's the number one option, you know, to be the dynamic guard for Indiana next year. And hopefully he sees it the same way and commits tomorrow. And yeah, and, oh, you need you just need talent uh, at that point guard. Coach Woodson really loves to put a lot onto his point guards. And yes, you're getting a top 25, depending on the rankings and one one uh, ranking uh, system dropped him a little bit, but this is top 25 kid. You get a top 25 kid at the, at the point guard, you have a good chance of that working out. And that's the type of talent you, you put Gabe cups with that. Now you have a couple ball handlers, uh, and my love of guards, you can just never, ever have enough. And, and, and with any recruitment, if you, if they choose to go elsewhere, you just go to the next option and, and it'll probably have to be the, the transfer portal. But it, it would be a huge get to get those two top 20 kids. Uh, you know, if you say 10 and 13, whatever ranking you want to use for those, that is an infusion of high end talent. Yes. It has to show up. Yes. It has to play well at the college level, make all the adjustments that we talk about, but you don't turn those guys down. Uh, you don't say, mm -hmm. Hey, I want to get, you know, seventies and a hundred. So I can be the coach who builds those guys into superstars and hope it works. You, you, you you're getting a lot of these. So I'm excited about tomorrow. I, I feel confident. Um, you know, I, I think there's a chance with what X has done, his growth from Pittsburgh to IU, what, uh, Hood Shafino getting, uh, into the lottery. There is a track record that seems to be working with coach Woodson, um, that at least can compete head to head with, uh, you know, Calipari and, and Kentucky. So I feel pretty confident. It would be a huge get for, for Indiana to start building the number of talented, uh, people on the roster. Hey, real yeah. quick. I got to pop in for breaking news. Hannah's soccer game went to penalty kicks. So Andy's going to be even a little bit longer. Hopefully they win in penalty kicks. Good luck to Hannah. I'll be leaving team. when he hops in. We just keep <laughs> missing each other. Uh, one thing about the portal I think is worth noting is that last year, for about a, a year, last year was projected to be the deepest, most talented portal ever. Yeah. Uh, this year is not expected to be as loaded. Uh, either, I mean, there'll be a ton of players. There always are, and there's always surprises. But coaches talk and there's kind of a projection of who could be in it. And I would guess they all knew it was going to be super talented because I think that people must have known that Hunter Dickinson was probably going to get in. And then there were some other guys that were pretty high level players who got in. Uh, this year is not expected to be as deep or talented. So I don't think you will have the range of players to pick from. And let's be real. Indiana missed on some of its top options last year. So relying on the portal is a dangerous game at this point. So this is, this is big for me. It really is a big recruitment. They will add a guard in the portal if they don't get flanned and they might add a guard in the portal anyway. But I do think it's worth noting the portal is not expected to be as loaded this coming year. No, it's a great point. Very good point. Um, so again, watch out for social media in the community. We'll you know let you know news when we see it, if it's going to be streaming anywhere. Uh, and if it goes our way, we will have a show immediately after the announcement. Now, what is coming up later in the evening 
This coach's favorite event, Hoosier Hysteria, which begins at 7.30 Eastern. Doors open at 6.15 for students, 6.30 for the general population. Admission and parking is free. You're just... um, it's suggested that you bring canned goods uh, for the food drive that they have going on there for Hoosier Hills Food Bank. There will be food trucks outside beginning at 4.30 if you want to get some food. It will be hosted by Rhett Lewis and Megan McKeon from BTN. Rhett Lewis, of course, does the uh, color analysis on the IU football radio broadcast. Uh, there is no scrimmage, you know, and we used to do a Hoosier Hysteria post-game show uh, or, you know, post-event show, and we don't do that anymore because there's no scrimmage to talk about. And so it just doesn't really seem, uh, you know, like it's worth, you know, getting everybody together for that. Um, There will be some events, though. You know, the teams will be introduced. There will be a three-point contest, skills competitions, other basketball activities, uh, and then apparently a half-court shot for tuition uh, for a student. And then after that, it is the Gucci Mane uh, performance, uh, which will be fun. And so if you're not going to be there live in Bloomington, you can watch on BTN+. Plus. The monthly pass for an individual school is $9.95. You're going to need that in November. You're going to need that in December for regular season games. So uh, if you want to watch Hoosier Hysteria, it makes some sense to get that now. I think I think if you get that now, it's like almost exactly two months from when the last <laughs> BTN Plus game is. Uh, so I'll have to see exactly how that works if they're going to make you pay for a third month uh, to see that game. But that's where you get it. And also the floating head posters will be available for purchase, anything in particular that you guys are looking forward to seeing? I mean, other than just seeing the new guys, how they look in the uniforms, how they move, we all want to see that. Is there anything else that you're looking forward to seeing? CJ Gunn's shot. You know, I think that's a big, big question mark and a big, big need, you know, um, just like to see. And again, a a shooting competition doesn't equate to game uh, conditions, uh, but, but that's probably one of the things. I'd like to see if they have a ball handling you know, contest of speed and passing, see what, you know, Gabe Cups can bring. Um, but you just get your eyes on these guys for the first time. It's comforting uh, as you get ready for that October 29th um, scrimmage. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember when I was at the IDS my senior year covering the the basketball team and we did, you know, and this is back when there was a scrimmage and, and all that. And we walked in, you know, post Who's your hysteria? I guess it was just called. I don't know what it was called back then, but um, it was we midnight walked in. madness at one point. Yeah, it, it was like midnight. it was like nine p.m. madness at that point because yeah. they had gotten away from doing the midnight thing. But that's essentially I think that's what it was. And we walked in, and somebody very seriously asked Mike Davis, "What can you take from a night like this?" And he's like, <laughs> "Nothing." <laughs> it was one of the best answers to a question I've ever seen from a coach. He's like, nothing. It was just guys clowning around, like just absolutely nothing. And, uh, and it was really funny because there were some guys who like you had seen for the first time. It was the first time like Marco Killingsworth had played, you know, in that event and like all those things. And, and he's just, yeah, n- nothing. You can't take anything from it. Who cares? Uh, yep. We'll be at practice tomorrow. That's more important. And so I, I that's kind of how I feel about it. It's nice to see the guys. It's nice to see them have fun. I'm sure Mike Woodson will have another on the mic moment uh, that he's had his last, his first two years doing it. Um, and then Jared, do you have that queued up or <laughs> from last uh, year? Yeah, I don't know where it is. We don't, we don't plan the show out ahead of time, folks. We just come on here and talk. Some but, of us do actually. Uh, some yeah, of us, a little some bit. of us do. Here. Yeah, you know, hey, the shit. there you go. There you go. <laughs> uh, hey, look, I was on a long, a long <laughs> plane ride the other day. All there right. We go. No, um, come on. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I just think that it's it's an event for the fans and you can really take very little out of it. Everybody stay healthy, make your shots in the three-point competition. That's about it. So here's what I'm looking forward to. And it should go without saying, I figure everybody knows by now that it's a men and women's event. Terry Moran will be there introducing the women and I believe they will be hanging the Big Ten Championship banner. Okay, anytime that's you, what I'm looking forward to. Anytime you hang a banner, that is definitely worth watching. And that is a banner that will commemorate absolutely one of the most enjoyable experiences I've had watching an Indiana basketball team, men or women, was the women's team from last season. And I've heard so many good things about the newcomers on the women's team as well. And so I'm really excited to just, you know, it's like with any of the newcomers, it's just kind of fun to see how they move and see how they shoot and, you know. It's like unwrapping little basketball Christmas presents. And so those are definitely uh, the most exciting things to see. Um, so anyway, that's tomorrow, 7.30 Eastern time. So big day. Boogie Fland at 2 Eastern. Hoosier Hysteria at 7.30 Eastern. Uh, and, uh, you know, we won't have a post-event show, but we'll be talking about it on upcoming shows and in the community. And then, guys, just a few quick hits. Romeo Langford was waived by the Utah Jazz. Ryan, I haven't seen if he got picked up by anybody else. Um, I was waived by the jazz. So hopefully he'll get another opportunity. Otherwise it will probably be time for his overseas basketball career to start, which will undoubtedly be very successful. Um, Victor Oladipo was traded to Houston for, do you know the details of that? It's that Kevin Porter junior trade where it was just a, a a draft pick swap. And then the thunder are just going to release him because of his off court issues. So Victor was salary ballast in that, in that trade. Do you get any, I mean, obviously he's recovering from injury, so no one knows what to expect yeah, from him. No idea how that's going to turn out. It might be the kind of thing where if he plays well, Houston moves him at the deadline, you know, as a rotation piece for somebody else. Is um, he expected to be ready for when's he expected to play? I, Do I know? don't know. I haven't I seen either. the latest on him. I mean, he's, you know, it's, we have to cover the whole league and he's so far down on, you know, where guys contribute at this point because of all the injuries that it's, it's hard to project. So um, yeah, I, I look, I think that I don't think he was going to play much at Oklahoma city because they're on full into the youth movement. So maybe if he goes to Houston, he'll get some minutes. They're also in a rebuild though. So I I don't know if he's expected to, to be a big role player uh, for anybody this year at this point. Yep. Uh, And then just real quick, a lot of the top 25 rankings have come out. Indiana was not in the AP top 25. They did receive a few votes. Uh, and then the, the preseason Kempom projections came out and basically have set the floor for preseason expectations for Indiana uh, with the Hoosiers at 49th. And so, Coach, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think most places, you know, Torvik, Evan Mia, AP, you're seeing Indiana on average right between kind of 30 and 35-ish, somewhere yep. around there. And then Kempom, you know, really kind of the bottom dropped out of that ranking which is fine. You know, I mean, I think there's probably a world where if the pieces don't fit for Indiana, they do finish down there. That's probably the floor for what's expected. And there's a lot of new pieces that some algorithms don't know what to do with. Um, But I would say that kind of seems to be the consensus. And we look forward to Indiana doing their best to outplay those preseason expectations. With a lot of data, it has to, it has to have some games and some statistics to properly feed itself through. Um, And I think, uh, Ken Pomeroy even says that about his algorithm that the beginning is, is just a kind of a crapshoot to get started type of thing. Uh, I really start looking at those late December, uh, early January when there is some data that has gone into them. And And that's usually when last season's data, last year's data starts as rolled out, uh, and you get an accurate, uh, you get an accurate, you know, 
description of what's happening this year. So take those for a grain of salt. Uh, but I do think, uh, you know, we've talked and we'll continue to talk where Indiana is there. They're somewhere in that thirties and, and that puts them in a tournament. If, if you take the top 40 teams as your one through 10 seeds, and that's where the minimum of where we, we want to be come uh, end of the uh, end of the regular season. Yeah. You know, and the way I typically look at those, obviously it's better to be ranked higher in the preseason that, you know, more teams that are higher, it increases your kind of odds of being good, but any individual ranking can always turn out to be bupkis. You know, last year, Marquette, I think was 80th preseason in Ken Palm and they finished in the top 10, you know, Connecticut, I think was 25th and they won it all. So having a lower ranking is not a death knell, but in future seasons, I think progress for this program will be, as I said earlier, getting the benefit of the doubt that the women are getting when you lose Grace Berger and you're still top 10 because you just trust that Terry Morin's going to put the pieces together. And frankly, Indiana's just been a very up-and-down program for a decade, and so I understand why the preseason or rankings two. sometimes, well, yeah, tend to reflect that three. <laughs> I mean, no. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, that is Who's Your Headlines. Let's move on now here on Assembly Call Radio because it is time, as I said earlier, to stop hemming and hawing. With our preseason predictions, it is time to plant flags. What do we actually feel confident in predicting? We'll all get our chance to state our flag plants next. Stick with us here on the Assembly Call. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. Well, hello to a very lively chat mob tonight. Great to see you all and all of you who are watching live. The, uh, the Thursday night live numbers are ticking up as we get closer and closer to the season, which is always nice to see. So, uh, guys, any thoughts? I don't know if Andy will be popping in. We'll see. I know he's got a long drive. Hey, they won! And penalty kicks. We'll see what part of the show you're doing when I get home. Very nice. So we may get Andy, we may not, but Hannah won, and that makes it a good night. So congrats to her. Y'all ready to hop in? Let's do it. Yep. <laughs> I can't I'll, tell hey, if Brad's being town. sarcastic or not. He said, "This is, is this is live? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes. Uh, I'll be in town Saturday for the football game, so if anyone runs hey. into me at a walk or sees me in, in a tailgate lot, we're not having anything uh, special. Um but we'll be there, and I think at halftime, I'll try if we have uh, can get access on social media or whatever to throw out where I'll be at halftime if anyone wants to come say hello. I'd be glad to meet anyone if they're at the game on Saturday. It's my first time down there, which is new for me. I usually have gone to all of them, but haven't been down to Bloomington, so looking forward to uh, 
a good Saturday for homecoming. Very nice. Excellent. And hopefully, look, you know, we've had lots of jokes about the football program because sometimes coping with disaster is really helped by humor. And this, had, whatever you want to say about it, it's been Oh, and they provide plenty of humor. They do. It's, it's been a disastrous two-plus years. There's no other way to say it. But gosh darn it, like if you're going to turn it around, this is the time to do it. You know, it's as winnable a game as there's going to be. And if you're going to get anything positive out of the season, it's got to start Saturday. So I'm not saying that because I'm confident, but I'm saying it because, you know, I don't know. I'm just kind of tired of hearing the same stuff from Tom Allen and making the same comments and all that. Like, I just want the football team to have something good happen, honestly. And so just win, I'm hoping baby. it happens this weekend. I know. Just win. Like, who cares? Just, just no one cares about style points. It can be ugly like the Michigan State game last year. Just win. Yes. Win. I agree. I agree. Okay, uh, let's go. Hi, this is Lily King. I hope you enjoy the show, but ask yourself, do we really need this much basketball talk for a swimming and diving school? Where do you think the candy stripes came from anyway? Go Hoosiers. Talk about a Mount Rushmore athlete at this school. I mean, Grace Berger, amazing. She's a Mount Rushmore basketball player. Lily King is a Mount Rushmore athlete at Indiana University, one of the all-time greats. We love Lily. Um, always always a proud moment when I hear her voice on our show. Um, all right, guys, let's go. It's flag plant time. It's time to make some bold predictions. So we all kind of have come to this with our individual predictions. I don't know any of yours. You don't know any of mine, although you can probably guess them because I kind of talk about them all offseason long. Um, but I do. I have a couple questions first that I want us all to go on record uh, with, and I didn't... Uh, ask these to you guys earlier because I kind of just want to get your gut feeling. First question, coach, we'll start with you and play along in the chat mob. Does Indiana finish in the top four of the Big Ten? And we will include ties because obviously schedules and stuff can get kind of crazy. So if you're to tie for fourth, that counts. But does Indiana finish in the top four? Plant your flag, yes or no? No. Uh, I, I think potentially with the tie, depending if there's three or four teams tied, uh, I could see that uh, happening. Uh, I will always sell this team as having the potential to make that a wrong prediction, um, which is is unique coming off a rebuild when you lose two pros and you lose two five-year, six-year seniors. You normally take a step even further back. I think Indiana has a chance to crack that top four, uh, but I think there's more chances to be under uh, the top four, and so I'm going to say no. Ryan? I'm saying no as well. Uh, I think with this Indiana team, I think there's so much talent and everything, but I really think they'd have to thread a needle to be in the top end. It's it's there are like nine things in a row that all have to go right for that to happen, and that just doesn't seem to happen in college basketball. Um, I think you could get six of those things to go right, but that puts you in the top half of the Big Ten, but not in the top four. I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a hard one. You know, my, my gut instinct you know, has been to say no, really just to kind of be safe, because that's probably the most likely outcome given the log jam in the middle. But the way that I phrased the question uh, for for us uh, allowed me to say yes, because I do think it's going to be very jumbled. And the well, way that I wasn't argue, there like a four way tie for second last year or something. Yeah, I mean, and yeah. you're tied for you second. See, yeah, yeah and you second. see that kind of stuff. Here's what I would say: if you're going to make the optimistic case for this, which I am is everybody thinks Purdue and Michigan State are 1-2. Fine. I think that's safe to project. I don't yeah. think it's a guarantee. We see the Big Ten get crazy. Look what happened to Illinois last year. They were everyone's you know preseason darlings along with Indiana. 
But yeah, then you start looking at Maryland and Ohio State and Illinois and Wisconsin, Indiana, and all these teams. They're very jumbled up. There's very little separating them. And I think Indiana has as much or more talent, just raw talent, as any of those teams. Now, it's not just talent that wins. It's got to all come together. So I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt to the talent and the fact that there are ties. And I'm going to say yes, um, but I, I share your guys' thoughts. It's not like an emphatic you know, yes, but if I had to pick one way or the other, um, I would lean yes for those reasons. Okay, and finally, does Indiana make at least the second weekend of the NCAA tournament? Coach? No. And it still could be a good year without that. I don't, I don't see this team right now, as I've not seen it, be a Sweet 16 team. Again, I think they have potential. But I'm, uh, there's just way too many matchups and things of that nature that I cannot flag plant an absolute yes, it's a Sweet 16 team. Yes, Ryan. I see from your face what you're going to say. No, no, I don't think so. Again, it's the same answer. I just think that they have to thread the, they would have to thread the needle of so many guys developing to a, to a level and so many guys improving their game to a level. And I just don't think all of those things will hit. As Coach said, it could be a successful season and not make it. I think the standard of this program should be top four and the sweet 16, as you've laid out here, basically. To, right. But I think there's a lot going on this year that, you know, I think it's fair to call last year's finish, not making the sweet 16, a disappointment. I don't think that would be the case necessarily this year, given all of the things that have happened and all that you lost last year. Yeah. You know, I, the way that I really feel like this season is going to go is I think this team's going to take on a lot of water early. I think there's going to be some losses, some frustrating performances, some post-game shows where we're like, what the heck is going on? Maybe even some tense moments like we had early last season, you know, after the Penn State game where it's like, is this thing going off the rails? What's happening? But I do think this project, and, th and this is why I question the Big Ten record, because I think they're going to take some losses early. But I think this is a team that could really round into shape late. Uh, and I think if they do that, they're going to be dangerous and be a team no one wants to face in the NCAA tournament. So I, unlike you guys, I'm going to go yes. I think we're probably Mr. not Optimist. far off. Oh. Well, I don't think we're far off. I hear all the reasons that you guys are saying, but I don't think the optimistic case, Ryan, is quite as unrealistic as you're making it sound. They would and have I to thread a needle, but I do yeah. think with the talent, the talent gives you some, you know, some kind of ability to make some mistakes but you can just out talent some teams some nights. I, I do agree that's with that. That's what Indiana hasn't had. Yeah. So, but we're talking it's inexperienced it, talent. It's well, inexperienced that's, that's talent. That's just a tournament right. time. Yeah. And we are 49th in Ken Palm. You no. Know, so you're going to have to jump up to the top 16. So now that's you're going to trust the preseason an, Ken Palm. No, record. I'm just yeah, I'm throwing it out there to make my argument. <laughs> no, I'll, absolutely. I'll say this. <laughs> I, like a lot, you know, and a lot of this is going to hinge. I know we talk about the new guys. And that's a big weight. I mean, Baco, where all these guys, but a lot of it's going to hinge on two guys who were returning and that's Malik Renew and Xavier Johnson. And we're going to, how much of the, like what Xavier Johnson do we get and what Malik, and do we get growth from Malik Renew? So I know we're so focused on those things, but those are huge unknowns as well. And those should be your knowns at this point. So even the things you think, you know, you don't really know about this team. And that's why we've talked all off season that, that is just so hard to project this team. Probably, I think of all the teams we've covered and the seasons we've done, this is by far the biggest question mark. It's not, I don't even think it's close. 
but but here's the thing, Jared, where you're 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 correct, and it can happen. Like no one predicted Northwestern to be second in the Big Ten last year, and they were nowhere near as talented as this Indiana team is. There are right. always teams. Ruck, Rutgers uh, made a jump a year or two ago when no one expected them, right? So there's always someone that's in, even in the bottom half of the Big Ten that finds the niche at some point of the season and gets that mojo going and beats teams that they're they're not supposed to. If you go through the, all the preseason schedule right now, who who would win and lose based on who's coming back and all of that? Um, I think just Ryan and I take a look at we haven't seen it yet. And, and and there's nothing really there from that experience to really flag plant for us. Um, but it's not an empty program. It's a rebuild with a lot of talent, which you don't see a lot, especially with yeah. programs trying to get back somewhere. You know, um, it, it's not going to be a huge fall. I think this team can match what last year's team did. And that's if they do that, um, yes, they'd be third in the Big Ten, so I'd miss that one. But if they get close to last year's by losing all of those athletes and players, I think that's a that's a very good sign for the direction of the program that we didn't go back even further. I thought Jen had a really insightful comment in the chat mob. Ryan, my glasses are fogging up. Could you read that? Jared is a true IU fan, is what it says. Just leave me hanging. No, hey, look, there, there's a wide range of outcomes for this team. It would be ridiculous. Jen has several comments in there, so I, you know, as she tends to do, we love her for it. But Jen, I, Jen I didn't always know has a lot to. of comments in there. It's like I had to go like a full page up of Jen comments to see that one. Look, it would be ridiculous if we all came on here and said yes and all came on here and say, said no. I think the fact that we both argued the different points is very indicative of the ceiling and floor for this season. Yes. I'd say the ceiling, like if if everything hits and they roll sevens on all of these things, they could make the elite eight. Like, I don't, I don't deny that at all. This team could be incredible. And you're right, Jared, that I think this team in March will be better than it is much better than it is in January. Like, I just think that that's inevitable. Absolutely agree with that because there's so many guys who have to play together for a length of time to get better and all of that. So I do think this is a team that's going to get much better as the season goes. I think it could look dire at times in December and then continually get better. Um, But it's just whether or not that late season surge will be enough to elevate them to the level we're, we're hoping for. And this is why we had to plant flags because it's so easy to talk both sides and both sides are very reasonable, you know? And so it's fun to I say, completely, okay, I agree. Yeah. You know, what, what do you actually think? And so we will, uh, we will see. Okay. Well, let's, I think, oh. I think Ryan and I are correct. I'm just going to flag plant that. Oh, well, I think you're both you're wrong not. as usual. <laughs> I mean, there were lots of questions. You're both like, Hey, we have to see it before Mike Woodson, you know, lands one of these long-term recruitments. What did Mike Woodson just do? And Landed did we a term recruitment? And did we admit that yes, it's a big yes. deal for. I, we didn't down talk that. We said no, we needed to see it, but you doubted it ahead before. of time, just like you're doubting. I didn't it now. doubt it. I said I hadn't seen it. When I okay. see it, I'll believe it. And I think with this team, I think a lot of people feel the same <laughs> way with this team, though. In in prognosticators and all that is kind of like when we see these guys play, we'll 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 know where they're at, and we just haven't. Yep. No, I think I fair. honestly think an off season trip would have been very valuable for this squad, definitely. Even so than it was previously. Um, all right, let's plant some individual flags. Um, Coach, you go first. Let me text Andy back. Um, but why yeah, don't you give I'm, us your first individual flag? I'm going to plant this flag, and it's a, it might be a little bit of a reach, but I think Malik Renew is going to have a great year, and I think he makes some team all Big Ten-level team uh, because we're all talking about Mbako and where and then the recruits coming in, and, and, and that's okay, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. 
But Malik, for minutes played, what was a stat I saw recently that hit his stats for 40 minutes? Uh, now, that's a key, uh, keeping him on the floor and, and foul trouble and being tired and his body's in good shape. Get away from that burger that, that he has at uh, the restaurant. But Malik, um, man. Let the guy have a burger. He's got skills, man. He's got skills. He can score off each, uh, you know, shoulder. He, he understands basketball. I, I think that um, – I, I think uh, he's going to have a breakout year and and make um, maybe yeah, at least second or third team. I I love that you said that, Coach, and here's why. So my first Thank flag you. plant. This is going to shock no one. Is I think Xavier Johnson is going to make one of the three All Big Ten teams. You'll like one now, of my flag plants then. Now I originally I originally and I've got this on the document. I originally was going to include Malik Renew. And in fact, if you heard, uh, if you saw the the. Um, list of questions people sent to Crimson Cast. That was one of the things I said. I got hesitant when it comes to planting a flag. I still think he's got a great chance for all the reasons Coach said, but just the foul issues, the lack of game experience, the other front court options, I wonder if he'll have the stats to do it. But I certainly think he has the talent. I think he's one of the best passing big men I've seen, and that's going to really be unlocked this year. If you go look back and look at some of the passes that he made in the Purdue game, the home Purdue game, I mean, some of those were just spectacular. Uh, and so so I like that, Coach. The only thing I want to say about Xavier, you know, for people who listened at the beginning of the offseason, I said one of my biggest questions about this team was what does a team led by Xavier Johnson look like? Because he's been erratic in his performance and his decision-making. You know, and I've kind of come around a little bit more on, you know, the fact that, you know, you have shared captaincy with Trey Galloway. It really sounds like Trey Galloway is taking ownership of this team and in in a lot of ways and stepping up uh, and going to become just more active vocally and in terms of how many possessions he uses uses. Um, I think that will help, you know, relieve some of that burden. I think Gabe Cups, you know, being ready to, you know, maybe not you know, take on a full-time role, but be a solid backup um, is going to help. And so I've come off the worries a little bit. It still worries me, you know, X is X and he's going to be erratic, but I've come around to trusting and I think he's just going to be so important. He'll have the ability to accumulate the numbers. And I think if he can smooth out some rough edges by the end of the season, like we saw two years ago, and this team is rolling, that narrative for him being an all big 10 player is going to pick up. Um, So I don't know, first, second or third, I don't know which one it'll be. But X is my flag plant. Couldn't quite get there with Malik, but Coach, I'm so happy that you did because I, I think it's a, a very worthy opinion. Uh, let's go to Ryan next. What is your first player flag plant, Ryan? Uh, I've got X leading the team in scoring, and Malik is second. Okay. Nice. I think that makes a lot of sense. Okay. A lot Ladies of people matching. Oh, go ahead. End of comment. I'm just yeah. going to flag plant. And shock the world, I'm not talking about it. Ryan decides to just cut it off. You know, doesn't need any explanation. Tomorrow. Get your lottery it's, tickets because this does is not something. need an explanation. And your brand is brevity, so I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, everybody yeah. loves me for that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, joining us from fresh off of what was it a double overtime penalty kick victory for Hannah's team? That's awesome. Uh, yes, yeah, she, to be, to be fair, she got to dress with the varsity. She did not play, but we didn't want to miss it. If she did get in I'm and then sure it started pouring it, we're excited, started pouring it multiple times during the game. So it was a good time to <laughs> see there cold, but oh, well, glad they won. Very nice. It's nice to have all four of us together here on the eve of Hoosier hysteria. This feels right as we get prepared for the season. Um, all right. We're Andy, only missing Gucci main and then the, you know, 
Did he not make it complete. tonight? Did he? he not I make sent it? him the Streamyard invite, and he had other plans. <laughs> so probably traveling. I know. Flaky. I know. I know. Um, all right, Andy, you're for. Oh, wait, Andy, let's get you on record uh, first with the team-based questions that I asked. Uh, okay. The first question was: what were those? Does <laughs> yeah, uh, does Indiana finish in the top four in the Big Ten, and that can include a tie for fourth? Ryan and Coach both said no. I said yes. Uh, I will say yes. Another true IU fan here with, with us. great with great confidence. <laughs> yeah. I think great the tie confidence. might. I think the tie might come into play, but. Okay, and does Indiana make at least the second weekend of the NCAA tournament? Plant your flag. No, I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say no on that one. Uh, oh, so a not... split, a split on those two questions. Yeah, split ticket voting there from Andy Bottoms. It's interesting. I think if I was gonna split them, I would go the other way. That I we agree. won't be good enough early in the Big Ten to have the record to finish fourth, but we'll finish strong and be good in the tournament. I almost went that way with my picks, but. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of different ways to argue it. Um, okay, uh, Andy, your first player flag plant. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Trey Galloway. So I sent this over to you earlier. I think he leads a team in offensive rating, uh, which he was third last year behind Trace and Miller Cop, uh, and that he manages to uh, maintain a three-point shooting percentage over 40%, which everyone has Ooh. pretty much said There's last no year was a fluke. <laughs> yeah. He's not going to be able to do that. Whatever. So, uh, yeah, I think it'll I be high, feel... Andy. I don't know. I don't know if it'll be forty, but I, I agree with you. Yeah. It'll be a good. Just so. everything you hear, he's like one of the guys that continues to come up in the off season. So, uh, like loudly, and, and I think for as for as many for as many times, I'm really just trying to, uh, you know, curry favor with uh, Coach Marlowe, obviously. But yeah, um, but no, I, I think there's been so many times. And I think I was one. I was one of these a, a year ago where it was. You know, it's so easy. It's been easy in the past to kind of talk yourself out of him having a role on different on different teams. And like through two years, Mike Woodson clearly values what he can do. Uh, and Mike Woodson would say it in those exact words that I just used. Uh, you know, Mike Woodson values what he brings to the ball club. Well, again, uh, Andy, so I just think Trey think, brings a lot to our ball club. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to. Yeah. So so leading an offensive rating, not going to lead in scoring that kind of stuff i got that that'll be in the next one that i have but uh I'll, I'll go with trey for that one okay and it should be said and ryan we're gonna let you do your other ones so you can get out of here for thursday night football we joke about coach marlowe's love for trey galloway but last year when we came on here and did our list of the most indispensable players ahead of the season a lot of us had trey galloway seventh eighth ninth coach marlowe had him third and we were all like what are you talking about we love trey but that's crazy time has proven coach marlowe very right on the importance of trey galloway so we joke about it, but Coach Marlowe had faith in him, and Trey continues to elevate his game. And based on everything you hear, there's another elevation coming. So I'm here for it. Uh, Ryan, give us yours before you have to bounce. Uh, so I had, and this may not seem like, the first part of this may not seem that bold. I have Xavier Johnson and Trey Galloway leading the team in minutes, but I've got Mackenzie Mbako third, not one of the Ooh. post players. So wow, okay. I think I think Renew's foul issues will take him out of games, which means you'll get a lot more Peyton Sparks maybe some Kalel Ware at center. Uh, I think that that's uh, my thinking there. And then my last one is that Kalel Ware will shoot better than 33% from three. Ooh, I think, okay. I think we're going to start, we're going to see a good three point shooting season there. 
Well, if Kalel's shooting 33 and Trey's over 40, and we've got some other I mean, it'll be one, he'll be points. one for three on the season, but it's better than it's 33%. He's going to he'll take he's going to no, take, he'll a take him. game. He will yeah. take him and I think he'll be a much better three-point shooter. I don't know if he's going to live up to the lofty expectations and he may have to do another year. Uh, but I think that he's going to shoot the ball really well. I saw some off-season videos of him working out, and it it looks a lot smoother than it did uh, beforehand. So I think he's going to be a good shooter. Do you have any final thoughts on this or anything else before you bounce? Uh, hopefully we get some good news tomorrow, and uh, I hope everybody who's going to Hoosier Hysteria has fun. And don't try and take anything away from it. I will reiterate that again. It's just for fun. Um so yeah, I feel bad that I have to leave when the rest of the gang is all here, but uh, gotta go, guys. Are you free tomorrow? If, if we do, yeah, show? I'm gonna. So I, I have, a, I have an appointment at twelve fifteen my time, but the announcement is at eleven. So I'm gonna sneak on if I if uh, the announcement goes our way. So okay, so not like a life threatening appointment. Not no, no, no. It's okay. it's like flu shot that I set up like a month ago. Oh okay, but yeah, okay, good. So very good. All right, thank yep. you, Ryan. Enjoy Later, Thursday night football. Check out Ryan's work on the big lead, you, as always. Um, okay, let's get to our other ones. Um, so I will do one because it kind of dovetails with what Ryan was saying. My flag plant is that CJ Gunn, who last season was, I believe, two of 24 from three-point range. My flag plant is that CJ is going to shoot 33% or better this season and make at least 43s. So he's not just going to come in and on low volume improve that percentage. I think he's going to have decent volume. And just to put that in perspective, last season, Trey shot 46% on 30 makes. Tamar Bates shot 37% on 37 makes. Uh, so I almost went higher with the percentage, but you know, given the 8% from last season, I figured it was okay. It was still a pretty big jump to say 33%. Uh, and you can go back and listen to some of the old shows from the preseason when I did the super deep dive on players who played the number of minutes CJ did last year and took that many three pointers who shot that poorly. Every single player who actually came back and played college basketball the next season leapt up into the thirties or almost everyone. So there's a strong historical precedent for this, you know, I, and I think, you know, everything that we've heard and again, off season reports, you tend to hear the good stuff. So, you know, you know, we offer that caveat. Um, but I believe in CJ shot. And I just don't think he was nearly that bad. And I think he'll be much better this year. So uh, up to 33% for CJ. Boy, if all these flag plants happen, we're going to be a pretty good team. Uh, <laughs> uh, Coach, have you done your second one yet? You haven't, have you? No. And, and, and I think Trey Galloway is going to have a hard time not being voted Mr. Hustle every game. So I'm going over double digits. And I'm going to vote for him every week to help my flag plant come true. <laughs> So you could just mark me down whether I'm on the show or not. Trey, uh, Coach, Trey didn't Hustle. play tonight. Well, he hustled on the bench. Give yeah, it to him. He hustled on the bench. <laughs> he was getting there, clapping, all that stuff. Absolutely. No, I, and and that's not a serious uh, flag plant, but it is, you know, um, kudos out to Coach Marlowe. Uh, you know, he sent me $10 in Venmo to make sure we talked about Trey Galloway tonight. Um, I think I think he's just going to be – the everything. If you need a drive, if you need a stop, if you need a rebound, if you need a dive on the loose floor, and I think uh, he he will lift other guys up by how hard he plays, and and that's a, it's hard to find stats for that. Yes, that dreaded deflections and steals and all of those kinds of things, but man, he just has a presence about him, uh, a confidence, a swagger about him that that you need from veteran players. So, and he's had uh, a healthy offseason. 
Yeah, and so I'll go to my I'll go to the one that's actually statistic. I think Indiana's going to win 22 or more games. I think they're going to win a game or two in the Big Ten tournament because of what we're talking about. They're going to be better at the end of the year, um, and then some combination of nine and 12 or something. And and I know people will say, well, coach, he said they're not going to be in the top four, but you know if they're 11 and nine or 12 and eight, they could be fifth. I, I don't think I don't think they're far away from the top four. Um, and, and with as good as the as uh, the Big Ten is. You know, really from top to bottom, you can't take a night off. Uh, what, we have 13 wins last year, 12, 13 wins last year? Again, if we get close to modeling or or following what happened last year, I think that's good for these Indiana Hoosiers. But if we have 22 wins, we're wearing white jerseys on the first weekend of the tournament, and that gives us a shot um, at, at that Sweet 16, and that's what you want in, in this year with the inexperience. Nice. Very good. Uh, Andy? Do you have another flag plant that you would like to share? Yeah, so the other one that I had was uh, Mackenzie Mbako leads the team in scoring and makes an all-Big Ten team of some kind. Just okay. feel like he's a guy who can score different ways, uh, you know, can can beat you inside and out, and hopefully it's a hat tip to Woodson to be able to kind of put him in situations to take advantage of matchups that he's there. And I think, you know, we talk about whether he can play the three or not. I think that's, you know, we're going to find out. Uh, but I don't think he has to play exclusively the three in that scenario. And so if he finds himself getting some minutes at the four, I think he's a guy that's going to be hard to take off the floor just because of needing some scoring, needing shooting. Um, and so if they do kind of flex from a lineup perspective and do something different than during stretches of the game that we might expect right now, he figures to still be out there and, uh, you know, kind of easy to make lineup combinations with him in there. And uh, I think the versatility gives him a chance to score. I do think, in general, this team is going to have a lot of guys who score relatively well. I don't think anybody's going to run away with how many points they score. That you know, one guy's going to be at 18 a game, and then the next closest guy is at 12. I, I think you're going to have a lot in the 10 to 14 range. It feels like where um, it may not be may not be a wide margin that somebody leads it, but I think you're going to have. Uh, seems like you got some balance where guys are going to have their nights here and there, but. Uh, maybe not one guy is going to dominate in the way that uh, we kind of seen with Trace the last couple of years. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's so tough to project freshmen, you know, because you don't know exactly, you know, how they're going to adapt to college basketball and how ready they are. And it could be a thing where he struggles early and then really comes on late. And maybe he's the leading scorer in February and March, but wasn't early. So he doesn't end up that way, but that's the role that he takes on. And you just, you don't know. And I, you know, I had a hard time going through this with the new guys that we haven't seen. You know, and I think right. that's probably natural, you know, I mean, that it's just harder to know what to project. So as I'm thinking, you know, who am I, where am I going to plant my flag? It was easier to do it with some of the knowns. Um, although I will now contradict that exact statement because my next flag plant is about a guy that we haven't seen, not at Indiana, but we have seen him in college basketball. Um, and I, you know, coach, I wasn't sure. Basically, I feel really strongly that Peyton Sparks is going to be a really important player on this team. I think if you were, you know, to just kind of map out, like, what is the top seven of the rotation right now? I think it's X, Trey, Mackenzie Mbako, Malik Renu, Kalel Ware. Those are kind of the assumed starters. We'll see if that's actually true. Then Gabe Cups is clearly the backup ball handler. And I think the next guy in the rotation is Peyton Sparks because he can just come in. He's got a proven track record of being able to score and rebound at the college level. Um, and he's going to be able to punish backup bigs that he goes up against. So again, I didn't know exactly how to phrase or frame this flag plant. So here's what I come up with. 
My flag plan is that Peyton Sparks is going to combine for at least seven game balls plus Hoosier Hustle Awards. I don't know exactly what the breakdown will be. I do think he's going to have impact on winning to get a couple game balls, but I think seven total. And to put that in context, last year, Miller Cop had seven combined. Race Thompson had seven combined. Trey Galloway had seven combined. Jordan Geronimo had four. So kind of right in there with a role player who's not a star, but pops up, you know, you know, a few games a season when you really need a shot in the arm, but comes and gives that energy. And I think his energy is going to be really noticeable. So I'm going seven game balls plus Hoosier Hustle Awards for Peyton, um, you know, which means that basically 25% of the time Indiana's playing, Peyton Sparks has a huge impact on winning. And I think that's going to be the case. There'll probably be some games he doesn't play that much because Kalel's awesome and Malik's awesome and not in foul trouble and he's only out there five minutes. But I think the other games he'll play 20, 22 minutes and be awesome. So again, maybe that's not the best way to frame it, but that's the way that I want to plant my flag that Peyton Sparks is going to have a huge impact on this team this year. Yeah, you know, I, I see that a little differently. I, I I hope you're right. If that's right, that then we have some really serious uh, depth. I I just think he's more situational um, for uh, a Edie uh, to to go in uh, than a, a regular rotation piece. I, I I kind of would think that Walker uh, fits that mode a little bit. You can slip Ware down to the five, bring Walker in to play some four. Um, you know, I I don't think that he's out of the question of playing that amount of time. But when you're talking about the same amount as race Thompson and, and, and some of those, I, you know, I, I don't know that he's going to have as many opportunities. Do I think he's capable of doing that and brings that, um, that energy to the team? I agree with everything that you said. I just don't know that he's going to get those minutes that would then allow those, those, those level of awards. But I do think his minutes will be valuable. If it's five minutes here, four minutes here. Um, but, but yeah, I, I see him as a little bit further down the, the rotation piece, uh, moving from Ball State to Indiana as opposed to Walker coming from Miami to uh, Indiana. And then just depending on what, you know, we don't know what um, the depth chart looks like, the flow, the substitution pattern that Coach Woodson and staff are developing either. We'll get a handle on that early on. We don't know if he's that five. He and Renew are going to do the play the five and everyone else is going to rotate at other other places. But uh, man, I tell you what, if that happens, like a lot of these things, if they happen or 80% of these happen, then Indiana is going to be in a good spot come March. Yeah. And the other thing to remember too, is Trace and Jalen Huchifino sucked up all the game ball oxygen last year. It was basically one of those guys every right, game. Right. So the, it is going to be more balanced, I think, you know, as far as that goes. Except for Trace Hustle. Well, no, I mean, yes, Trey. No, I mean, it's going to be hard to it's hard to ever vote against Trey Galloway for the Hustle Award, you know. <laughs> but I just, I guess, I kind of envision, you know, a cold night in December against a nondescript team, and Kalel Ware isn't giving Coach Woodson the energy that he wants, and he decides to sit him to make a point, and Peyton Sparks comes in and plays twenty five minutes, and he's the game ball. You know, it may not be Peyton Sparks goes out against Michigan State and has a big night, but being able to dominate some of the smaller teams or in the right matchup in the Big Ten, cold February night when they're struggling. And sometimes you just get that bulldog, you know, that comes in there with yep. his energy and can be the guy. I just I think he's such a valuable piece, not to be played every game, but is just like with Walker. I think Walker is going to have a role like that yep. too. So I think that's a very valid point. And that's one of the reasons I'm bullish on this team is more versatility, more guys who can do more things. And so you know, you can't pinpoint exactly what the team's going to hang their hat on, which makes it hard in the preseason to trust them, but there are going to be more options. And that in and of itself 
makes the team a little more trustworthy, potentially trustworthy to me. So, um, Andy, Coach, did you guys have another one that you'd like to share before we hop into questions? I, I did not have any other. That's others. mine. Okay. That was it. Uh, hey, if you're listening to this and you want to share your flag plants with us, tweet us at Assembly Call. Send me an email, jared at assemblycall.com. Uh, post it in the community. Um, if it's about Trey Galloway, just email Coach Marlowe directly. Uh, that is Trey Galloway Fan Club at gmail.com. Uh, if you don't have that already, Coach, just go get it so people can email you there. Um, <laughs> he probably does have it. Um, oh, okay. Let's move on uh, to our mailbag segment coming up here on Assembly Call Radio. Mailbag time. We got some great questions, including one that Coach has a video prepared for, and you are not going to want to miss it. Stay tuned. Yes, Andy. <laughs> Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep. The application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs. Just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Andy was not here for the pre-show meeting. Ryan doesn't think no. anyone else prepares for the show. Andy just wasn't here to see the preparation. Uh, but there is preparation that happens. We promise. So. Wow. What a, what a time to be alive. <laughs> I know. There was a, I don't know if you guys saw the tweet that was going around. Someone said a tweet or sent out a tweet that was write a sad story in three words. And the first thing that came to my yeah, mind was that. Ryan is hosting because it would mean that the three of us are dead. And that would be a very sad yeah. story. <laughs> out of the picture. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a solo Ryan show sometime would be hilarious to see him fiddling with the buttons and trying to do everything. It'll never happen, though. I mean, would he bother to do some of the sounds and stuff? He would just talk to. No, I mean, he wouldn't bother to do anything. Go live. Yeah. He and wouldn't then even go live. He'd just talk to he'd himself. talk for a while, and then he'd be done. <laughs> he would miss the live button and talk for an hour. Everybody's just sitting there waiting. Yeah. Waiting for it to go live. Absolutely. But he's just talking. Gets up 75 minutes later for a bowl of cereal. Spinning, there's no spinning show. podcast gold Woo! for 75 got, minutes. And then... Woo, that was tough. He'll text. Well, he would text someone. We'd be dead. You know, we, he'd be texting our, <laughs> our widows or something. Man, those guys were really had a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't even do half the work, but he's like, oh, man, no. Ooh, yeah. that was rough. <laughs> Grueling. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Brutal. <laughs> oh, gosh, that's my favorite line of humor. It just never gets old. <laughs> yeah, it probably does for the audience, but it doesn't for us. Um, all right. <clears throat> Here we go. Let's hop into this. Um, all right. I got a hard out in, in about 20 minutes, so we'll see how many we can get through. 
If you guys yeah, need to leave too, we could end at twenty, or you guys. Can yeah, let, let's just yeah, let's, let's just do, do that. that. I have yeah, I've been home for about five minutes since then. So okay, no, I'm cool with that. I'm, I'm drying out down here, so it's, yeah. it's good. But. <laughs> All right, let's get through as many of these as we can. Here we go. This is Ethan Happ, and I never listen to the assembly call, especially the episodes that Ryan is on. All right, well, Ethan, feel free to tune in right now if you want to, because Ryan is gone. Uh, but we are here in segment number three. You're listening to the Assembly Call, Jared Morris, Andy Bottoms, the coach Brian Tonsoni, and it is time for the mailbag. All the questions this week submitted via our private IU basketball discussion community. You can join at assemblycall.com slash community. Lots of exciting things coming up. It's a great time to join right now. Uh, again, it's assemblycall.com slash community. Let's get to the mailbag. Um, coach, we had an individual named Brandon. Uh, I'm not sure I caught a last name on this, Brandon, but he submitted a question. What song is Coach going to, in parentheses, hopefully boogie to tomorrow night? Uh, and I believe you have a, a response to this, Brandon. I do, and here it is. Let me tell you. Russell. <laughs> Absolutely. That's what I'm boogieing to tomorrow. All right. So if you're listening on the podcast, you only got to hear the audio, but the visual was coach dancing at school with his students. Coach is now a TikTok star. And so I highly recommend that you go to the YouTube video. We've been live for an hour and 10 minutes. So it's at about the 70 minute timestamp. Go watch coach uh, boogie on TikTok. So Brandon, great. there's your answer. <laughs> I thought he was finally releasing the tapes of the uh, Shafino. Uh, I thought <laughs> no. that was what we were going to see. Those still are not for everyone. Okay. Those tapes are still private. Forever. Not ready for public consumption. The no, second probably. Warren Commission has to get their hands on that. <laughs> yeah. Those are never being declassified. <laughs> no. What a night. What a night that was. Um, okay. Thank you, Brandon. Um, let's see. Phil says Liam Lynchpin McNeely. So Liam McNeely already getting many nicknames on the show tonight. Uh, he said Liam is in the fold. Boogie announcing the same day as Hoosier Hysteria seems positive. Will either commitment or both move the needle for Derek Queen? You know, it can't hurt. Liam obviously and Derek Queen go back a long way. Uh, Liam McNeely's family is recruiting both Boogie and Derek Queen on Twitter, which is awesome to see. Uh, so certainly it's going to be helpful when you see one of your best friends trust Indiana enough to commit. Certainly seems like they would enjoy playing together. And if you have another high-level point guard, it makes Indiana seem like a very desirable destination. And you just get, you know, the human emotions of, you know, kind of seeing lots of people doing something and you want to join in. So it's not going to be the deciding factor. The whole idea of package deals is often very overrated. You know, the pull of home at Maryland is going to be very strong. Obviously, Derek Queen has other options. So I wouldn't say like, oh, man, if Boogie commits, Derek is in the bag. It's not like that at all. But I do still think Indiana has a very good chance for Derek Queen, and it can't do anything but at least tick up a little bit if Boogie commits. So probably the best way to answer yep. that one. Absolutely agree. Yep. 
Um, all right. Well, it looks like we might have a little bit of a disagreement on this question, uh, which is from Adam. He says, what will the rotation look like? Assuming no Jakai, and I think that's a safe assumption at this point, who looks to be the odd man out if Woody goes with an eight or nine man rotation? Someone is bound to be squeezed out or only get two to three minutes a game. So as I said earlier, I think the top seven is X-Trey, Mackenzie Mbako, Malik, Kalel, Gabe Cups, and Peyton Sparks, because... And Andy, I want to get your thoughts on this. You know, I just see clear lines to minutes on a game-by-game basis for Gabe and Peyton Sparks. Um, And then probable are Caleb Banks and CJ Gunn. They're going to play, so it doesn't mean that they're not going to have minutes. Um, You know, but I think they would kind of be the eight or nine guys that some night could play 20, you know, some nights could play less. Um, And if you wanted to bump Peyton Sparks down into that group, I probably wouldn't argue too hard with you. And then I put Anthony Walker as kind of occasional because to me, I think Banks will probably get the benefit of the doubt at least early on just because he's been in the system. Although Anthony has more experience, you kind of go either way with that. You know, and then obviously Anthony Leal projects to be more of a, you know, kind of a rare um, entrant into the game. So, you know, it, it seems like it could be quite fungible as you kind of go through the season and change a lot. That's kind of how I looked at it. Andy, how do you see it? Yeah, pretty, pretty similar, really. Um, I think of the, I think it ultimately, well, maybe it doesn't, but, it, but for me, it kind of boiled down to, you know, if you're going to get, uh, you know, of the three of gun banks and Walker, who's kind of the next closest to that, you know, top seven that you had. Cause I, I would tend to agree with your top seven. I think coach may view it a little bit differently where sparks and, and Walker might be more interchangeable or matchup based or whatever. And so I would kind of give gun the edge over, uh, you know, of that trio, uh, to be the one that's next closest just because uh, you're going to hope he shoot he shoots it better, don't have a ton of guard depth. If you want to go small, that feels like your option there. Um, so uh, that that's kind of where I would go. And I would probably do the same as you, give Banks a slight edge over Walker to start with just from having been in the system. But I could see, you know, maybe those guys being a little bit more, you know, matchup-based and they don't play the same position exactly. but. Um, could see things kind of working out between the two of them. So I, I would say those two are the ones that are kind of in limbo, I guess the most limbo of the the 10 guys that you think are, you know, kind of most likely to play with uh, leaving Leo kind of in the, uh, the, the spot that you had him coach, anything else to add? No, I, I just, I, I, it depends on, on how the rotation is going to be. If sparks is the backup to renew, then he's going to play more towards the minutes that you guys are talking about. Um, if there is going to be a rotation where Ware gets some of those backup minutes and it's renew and Ware and then then Sparks, that's when I would see a less of a of a role for Sparks unless it's matchup based. Like if you're going against Edie, you're probably Ware's probably or I would say Sparks is probably better against Edie and Dangja from Illinois than maybe moving that down there. That's when I think he's going to get his minutes. And the other thing is I think C.J. Gunn is sixth seventh man. I, I think. Um, now again, if he hasn't progressed, then yes, he's going to be eighth or ninth, ninth man. But I think athletically, when you have Banks and Gunn and Walker, that is more where I think Woodson wants to go with length, and that. And you can get away with uh, a Renew and a Walker, or a Walker and a Ware, six eights. You know th- th- those athletic bigs. I think Sparks is more of that Michael Durr type, uh, when needed to come in and and do that those kinds of things. At least from what I know now, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he's the full time backup five 
uh, to to a renew, that would lead more to where you guys are. I don't think that's out of question, but I just see it differently. And that's part of it because I just like more athletic, um, even five men and, and four men uh, on the floor. I, I just, I want to see Indiana eventually get to that. Um, and Sparks is a definite low post player, not even a, a rim runner, not an alley-oop guy. He is going to this post up dunker spot and then guard a, a post up five. Um, that's where I'm coming from, but, but I can see it end up going either way. To be clear, you said you just like that, not you dislike it. It sounded a little bit like you said you dislike. Yes, the, just yeah. I just like the smaller, athletic. Yeah. You know, I would even go with you know Gun at the three. And again, not not necessarily saying this is the starting lineup, but if you had guys um, Galloway at the two and Gun at the three and Mbako at the four and a five, that kind of six eight four wings out there that can dribble drive. And that's ultimately, I think the rosters that win in college basketball, that's FAU. That was UConn uh, last year. Um, and and we, we have to have the roster we have right now. And it's, it's big centric uh, because that's who we have. Uh, but ultimately I think college basketball is better when you have more wings. And I know Bob Thompson's laughing at me right now, but um <laughs> Yeah, I can see I can see him being a big rotation piece if he's going to be Malik gets in foul trouble, two fouls in sixteen minutes, and it's going to be Sparks playing twelve minutes in that first half. If that's his role, yes, you guys are going to be uh, more correct on that. I just think they go, they twist to keep some of their athletes out there more, um, and he's more five to ten minute max type player. But the difficulty in answering this question, it's not for lack of options, it's because it feels like right now in the preseason that there are a lot of options. We'll see which of those options pan out, you know, once the season starts. Um, okay, Andy, let's answer a question in about two minutes that probably requires a full episode to answer. Uh, but that's what we have to do here sometimes in this mailbag segment. So Brian wants to know how we think about the job that Scott Dolson is doing overall with the athletic department. You know, obviously women's basketball is rolling. You know, men's soccer is just the machine that it always is. Swimming, diving. Um, you know, but there are other sports like volleyball that have really stepped it up. You know, men's basketball, kind of the flagship sport for the university, um, is in, it feels like as good of a spot as it's been in a while, but football, obviously the most important sport, you know, in any athletic department is really struggling. And so, you know, I guess the way that I would answer a question about the job Scott Dolson has done is a lot of sports are doing well. Indiana's NIL infrastructure, by all accounts, is you know strong, especially for men's basketball, for women's basketball, which is very important. I think he deserves credit for that because he's overseen that. I thought Galen did a really good job on his latest episode of Crimson Cast of going back to when Tom Allen's extension happened, and a lot of us agreed with it, and it was very defensible at the time. Maybe not the buyout, you know, that certainly was questioned at the time and could be questioned now, although there are wild buyouts all over the country. So it's important to go back and remember what we were thinking at the time, you know, now it's not working out now. And so I think Scott Dolson has done a good job. That decision hasn't worked out, unfortunately, and it's created a huge problem right now that he's going to have to fix. And so I think the future of Scott Dolson's, you know, tenure obviously depends on men's basketball, you know, kind of, uh, you know, fulfilling the potential that we've seen, but obviously him getting football back to a competitive level, whether it's with Tom Allen or not. But I think there are a lot of reasons to be pleased with what Scott Dolson has done. But he has a very, very, very important challenge ahead of him right now with football. An immediate one, I think. 
Yeah, I, I would echo what you said about the way that Galen broke that down. I thought he did a really good job, which is probably not a surprise to anyone. But yeah, I, I, at the time, given the momentum that he had, I mean, I just think back to so many times I think back to that like Wisconsin game, guys walking off the field, like how in the hell did we get from that to where things are today? I am not totally sure that I can uh, can quite fathom. But um, yeah, I mean, I think if you look at, really to me the the only maybe not the only but certainly the biggest blemish right now is what's going on with the football program that seems to have no direction whatsoever swapping out coordinators for the sake of saying you did something um when really and, and then listening to the complete lack of accountability uh from a guy who preaches accountability is a little getting is wearing pretty thin on me um but but i think you do have to look at the other sports. You know, the volleyball thing is huge. They've really turned that program around. Uh, even the women's soccer program has shown, you know, improvement. So there's lots of different places, even that, you know, baseball has still been, been solid. Coach can speak to that even better than I can. And so, you know, I think where you were able to, uh, you know, look past some things in the football program when the basketball program wasn't doing well in the, you know, in the Archie Miller era, now the basketball program is doing better. Football can't hide behind we're not as important as basketball, even though that's still true from a, you know, fan interest standpoint, from a revenue standpoint, there's maybe an argument to be made other places, but, you know, I think that's really where you look at and, and Galen talked about this as well. What you're going to start to see is that the gate money at football is going to start to become a glaring issue. Um, these other sports yeah. doing well is great for the university, great for the athletic department, great for all those things. But most of those don't, don't help you get to where you need to be from a budget standpoint. Uh, and I think that's really where, you know, the, the football issues become, you know, like a huge, you know, red flag everywhere. And, you know, I think the only the qualms that people have and maybe even at the time, it'd be interesting to look back and see was not with the extension. I don't think you saw a lot of people say this should not be the extension, but I think the buyout number was not really befitting the kind of football program that IU has been traditionally. And now that's come home to roost as the worst case scenario has unfolded. And now you got to live with that. And I, I think, you know, certainly that comes back on Dolson. That doesn't go back on somebody else, but I do think on the whole, there's a lot more positive than negative, even though the the big negative is punching us in the face every Saturday. Um, so that was probably yes. longer than two minutes. Sorry. No, it, like I said, it probably needs a full episode to address. Well Coach, said. do you have quick thoughts on it? Well, well said. I, I think um, Scott Dolson's mistake was the buyout, but the mistake was hiring Tom Allen in the first place. Um, it, and that goes back to Fred Glass, and Kevin Wilson turned out to be not a good hire. And, and I like Fred Glass. I think he did some good things, a lot of good things too. But those two hires uh, have not worked out over the 10-year uh, of their time for various different reasons. But you had a guy who was a football guy and a really good football guy, but he wasn't behaving in a way that was Indiana University. And then we went the opposite way. We got the good guy. And then the good guy has success, and we're afraid he's going to be taken. And then that's when the buyout and, – and Dolson made a mistake with the buyout. But I think Dolson and everything else right now is doing just a really fantastic job with, like you said, with the volleyball and women's sports, softball – 
you know, you, you name it, there are things that are really, really going well. Fundraising, I would imagine he's doing a good job with the NIL, things that we don't see because we see the scoreboard on Saturday. But Tom Allen should never have been the football coach at Indiana University. That was a huge mistake uh, by Fred Glass. And and then uh, Scott Dolson cleaned up another mess, was, our, uh, was Archie. And I, I own that. I, I was a big Archie fan and held on way too long. But that turned out to be a mess that Scott Dolson had to fix. And and for those of us who doubted the Woodson hire, it turns out to be the, the right thing. So I, I really cringe when people say you got to get rid of Dolson to fix the football program. No, you got to get rid of Coach Tom Allen. Um, that's that's it. And and the, the question is really is it can you find 12 million uh, because it's 20 million this year and it's 8 million. Uh, do you lose millions of dollars in gate revenues and all this stuff? And like my season tickets probably aren't going to be renewed and those things start faltering, you know. Yes, the buyout's 20, but it's really 12 uh, because you either got to make it now or you got to make it next year because I just don't see how this gets turned around. Um, but uh, as far as Scott Dolson, I, I, I like Scott Dolson. I think overall Indiana Athletics is grown under Scott Dolson, but the big elephant is the football program. And, you know, you, you have to, he has to own up to the mistake of the buyout because he can't do maybe what he needs to do right now because of that buyout. I will just say in fairness to Scott, and I do agree, you know, the buyout, in, especially in hindsight, and you could have made the case at the time that it wasn't good. Right. Scott was not going out on a limb that other athletic directors weren't going out on. It was, to a certain extent, the cost of doing business. A lot of coaches were getting right. these buyouts. Goodness gracious, my wife's Aggies are staring at like $70 million for Jimbo Fisher to go 3-12 and 12 on the road or whatever they are. So this is happening at several different football programs. That's a good really point. Struggling. So I just, you know, I want to be fair to him um, that – it was just something that was happening, and hopefully that's something that starts to change. And anyway, Galen does a much longer uh, discussion on this in Crimson and Cast. better I job of. I haven't listened to that. It's I haven't it's excellent. Yeah, yeah, it's excellent. Um, um, okay, we got time for one more. Everybody else who submitted questions, I always hate it when we can't get to your questions. So one of us or both of us will go in by tomorrow and answer them in the community. We'll make sure that you get answers. Um, but the last question, because we do have a hard out tonight, Coach Marlowe. Um, he says, seriously, how about some talk about Trey Galloway and how he's looking in the preseason? We've talked about that. Uh, every single person I've talked to who has gone to practice has come back raving about Trey Galloway. So, you know, that's – and, you know, this the word is starting to get around. But Jeff Marlowe – or Coach Marlowe prefaced that statement with something that I think is a little more interesting. He says, are you allowed to play defense anymore? Coach – Coach Marlowe, not happy about the change to the block charge call. And this was a story from June. There's no new news on a new rule change, just that it's going to be enforced differently. And some word came out today that I guess they looked at like 100 plays and 97 of them would not have been called charges. And a lot of these are the help side charges where a guy beats his man. Someone comes over from the help side and, you know, stands in front of a player who's going up to make a, a beautiful athletic basketball play and essentially ruins the flow of the game by standing there covering their unmentionables, not playing defense and taking advantage of a loophole in the rules. I'm saying all that to really annoy coach Marlowe. Um, but I like the rule change coach. I think it's good. I think it forces guys to defend the ball, not just give up their body, uh, you know, to, you know, a player who's trying to make a scoring play. So I am for this. I think it's better for the game and I don't think it takes away anything that's really important. Um, what are your, what are your thoughts on it? And then Andy, yeah, you know, I, you know uh, us old 
us old ball coaches don't like to see the charge go away because that was a big part of our opening, you know, segment in practice is, you know, take the charge and we would be the one with the basketball. We get to run over the players we didn't like, you know, so um, <laughs> it, it was a good fun, good fun drill. You go extra hard on those kids that give you a bunch of problems or whose parents, you know, always complain. You hit them hard in the charge drills. It was fantastic. Take that to the school board. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but, um, you know, I, I just think the athletic game is above the rim and in the air a lot more. And the danger to athletes, both the person taking the charge and the person in the air, when you slide over from help and you don't get in that, you get in that circle was a good change, but you you undercut. And then I do think that it was miscalled a lot. I think officials love to make that little punch and uh, put the hand back here. And I think the default was um, – when things should have been blocks, a lot of things were called charges. So all of that has changed this old guy. Uh, I was there with Coach uh, Marlowe uh, for a long, long time, and I appreciate where he's coming from. But now, you know, keep the ball in front of you. If you're off the ball, go after the ball and block the shot. Um, it, it's an above-the-rim game at the college level. And, and, and Coach Marlowe and I are high school guys too, so it's a little different in high school. We're not so much above the rim. But I'm talking from a college perspective and a pro perspective um, that I just think it needs it needs to go because I think it was miscalled and 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 misapplied and and too dangerous. Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't have anything too much to add other than if they looked at those and said 97 of them shouldn't have been. How many do we think are actually not going to get called that way this year? Because it ain't going to be 97. Um, so uh, as Coach said too much fun for these guys to want to, you know, make that call and do whatever. But I do think even incremental improvement there uh, is a positive. Um, not really sure what Wisconsin's going to do, but I guess they'll have to figure it out. Um, and, you know, you can go from there. But, I, yeah, I don't uh, – I'll be interested to see how much it really happens and happens consistently as you go because we've all heard, you know, insert this year's point of emphasis here – in the non-conference, everybody goes crazy enforcing it. And then by the time you're in mid-February, tackle basketball is back and everything is all is right with the world and things are back to how they were. So um, if, if they can get it to a point where officials can consistently do that over the course of the season, that's really the big thing. I think is a consistency in terms of how it is from game to game and uh, some of that stuff. I think that's the biggest thing to try to be able to accomplish uh, jury's still out on whether that'll actually play out that way. Yeah, we'll see. To be clear, if a player is just like driving or you know dribbling down the court, not looking, and a defender is just standing there, that should be a charge. I'm not saying eliminate all charges. There's a place for the rule in the game. But this specific right. type, I'm happy to get out of the game. I don't think it makes the sport better. If you lower uh, okay. your shoulder and push off to, yes. to take advantage, yes, on the on-ball defender, um, Charge. Like Boo at the end the of the Northwestern game against yeah. Trey Galloway. That should have been an offensive foul. I will die on exactly. that hill. Um, okay, well, we are going to wrap up. Uh, my final thought for you this evening, those of you who are here live and anybody who listens to the podcast this evening would be go to bed. Don't check Trilly Donovan's Twitter account. Just go to bed, wake up tomorrow morning, and watch the Boogie Flanned announcement and see what happens. But just stay away from Trilly Donovan for the evening. That's my advice. All right. That is going to do it for us on this week's episode of the Assembly Call. If you want to see us do the show live, join us at assemblycall.com on Thursday nights for the live broadcast of our Assembly Call radio recording. Thank you to Bob Thompson for producing our music. Thank you to John Ringer of rigdesign.com for designing our logos. And thank you, as always, for listening. 
We'll be back to talk IU hoops again with you tomorrow if Boogie Flan picks IU. And if not, then probably Thursday for Assembly Car Radio next week. Until then. Take it from me, Robert Johnson. Keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim. And go Hoosiers. All right. I got to get out of here, folks. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for coming out. Here I come. This is Don Sony. All right. Yeah, Trilly posted a Trilly Donovan. If you don't know, no one knows who he is, but he has a habit of posting correct recruiting predictions. Uh, and he posted a gif of Demarcus Boogie Cousins, which many people are taking to mean that he is predicting Boogie Cousins to Kentucky. Doesn't mean it's so. He's been wrong in the past every now and then. But if we've all kind of had fun talking about who he's predicted, it only seems fair to let you know uh, that he did that. So. Sorry, I know I told you not to look, but then I figured you're going to look anyway. Yeah, so well, I might as well just, just tell yeah. you right now. Well, I didn't want to be a jerk. You know, it's, that just seemed like kind of a mean thing to do. Trilly's the jerk. What, who's he, who does he think he is? Who do we think he is? Nobody knows. He was right about Liam. <laughs> he was. No, no, he's been right much more than he's been wrong. That's why people have been watching. And I actually DM'd him some yesterday, and he was saying he was waiting to make a pick until he kind of talked to some people that – he trusted on it, so he clearly has gotten word that it'll be boogie to Kentucky. Maybe it will. Seems probable now that it will, but let's wait and see tomorrow. Okay. All right. Well, what a, <laughs> yeah. a great day to wrap up on. Thanks, Trilly. Well done. <laughs> Buzz kill. <laughs> oh. All right. All right. Okay. okay. Well, let's get on out that of here. note. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> See right, everybody. We'll talk to you guys next week. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.